Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, stand-up comedy and lifestyle podcast I host out of my apartment. It is the week of October 11th, 2021, and I hope you guys are having a great start to your Monday morning. If you're listening to this on Monday morning, congratulations. You woke up. It's Monday. Um, I was really dragging last week, and um, burnout is real. Um and most people really feel it on Monday mornings. So I hope you guys are um, eager to start your week. I know I am. I'm so excited for today's episode. Sorry to ramble, but I'm very excited for today's episode. This is a very special episode. Our guest today is Johnny Sizemore. Johnny is not a comedian. Johnny is a very talented local filmmaker, director, and producer. He is involved with a lot of local productions, but the production we're going to be highlighting and promoting today is called Complicated the Series. Um, He runs a production company, Showtime Productions. It will be a YouTube um, premiere, um, and the premiere is going to be on Tuesday, October 26, 2021, and uh, there's also a red carpet event this Saturday. October 16, um, that is going to have the cast there as well as um, an after party and a VIP um, VIP red carpet event at 6 o'clock. The tickets are already sold out for the VIP, um, the screening and the VIP after party, but you can still uh, get tickets to the screening itself the screening only and links will be in the uh, in the description uh, but yeah johnny and i had a very good conversation i i'm a nerd about filmmaking and i really enjoyed picking his brain and talking a little bit about movies uh how a local self-funded um, director gets a project off the ground really appreciated his advice um, creatively as well so johnny's fantastic follow him and follow uh complicated the series and check it out he said um everybody he wants all of the listeners of this show to check it out and whether you love it whether you hate it and wants to hear feedback i'm also in the series so i'm biased um i i was an extra queen momo is actually an extra as well and um i actually i don't know i'm i'm i think i'm in the last episode and I might have a couple of lines of dialogue. I don't know yet. I haven't seen it. So hopefully that doesn't make you not want to see it because I'm in it. But anyway, that's our guest today. Before we get into the interview with Johnny, here's what's going on this week in local comedy. Uh, to start, we have our um, usual open mics beginning tonight at 7 o'clock, downtown Greenville, Coffee Underground. Uh, hosted by Craig Holcomb and No Expectations Comedy. Get there a little before 7. Immediately following that, we have Habiba's Mediterranean Restaurant, host, uh, all jokes aside, hosted by Dante Anderson. It starts at 8.30. Um, you can catch both if you're a comic. On Wednesday, uh, Doolittle's uh, and Anderson, Electric City Comedy, uh, beginning at 7 o'clock. Um, we have an open mic, and our feature comedian this week is our very own Jeff Thompson. So uh, go out there, support Jeff, throw some money in the tip bucket, um, and support our main man, Jeff Thompson. On Wednesday, Radio Room, uh, 8 o'clock, hosted by Adam Schulte. Um, Get there a little bit before 8 or message Adam. Um, On Thursday, we have the Jokes Out Loud uh, Comedy Zone show. Um, This is the local open mic show, $10 cover, uh, beginning at 8 o'clock. Um, hosted by Brandon Rainwater. Um, we may have a guest host this week. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, very fun local showcase. Um, and on Friday at the Comedy Zone, well, Friday and Saturday, uh, we have Brad Stein. Uh, he's going to be there on the 15th and the 16th. There's one show on Friday at 7 o'clock and two shows on Saturday at 7 and 9. Um, Brad Stein is a uh, conservative uh i think political conservative edgy comedian uh goes by he's god's comic so i'm assuming this is a clean family-friendly show uh so check that out tickets available at greenvillecomedyzone.com all right that's it for local comedy i hope you guys have a fantastic start to your week 
and I uh, hope you enjoy my interview with Johnny Sizemore. Here it is. All right. We're back. Johnny Sizemore, our hey. guest today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, David. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So uh, I'll probably say this on the intro, but you're a very special guest because normally we interview comics okay. and friends. So uh, you are the first film director we've had on the show. Wow, it's a, pl- it's a pleasure. Definitely. Yeah, dude. This is great. You're like you're a big deal for sure. <laughs> I mean, most of us, you know, open mic comics that mm-hmm. uh, do comedy in Greenville, we're doing it, you know, like a year or less or, you know. We've had some other people, but, uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. Thanks yeah, for doing Likewise. It. Thank you for having me. So uh, Johnny's a film director. Do you want to give us a little bit of your background? Sure, since- absolutely. Uh, I am a film director, producer, director, writer, uh, editor, colorist, all of all you can think of uh, in the filmmaking industry. I actually got my start doing music. Okay. I was like a musical artist for like the last 15 years and then kind of stepped away from What it. type of music? Gospel music. Gospel music. Yep. And kind of stepped away from it to just explore my options and uh, and not be limited or in, and put in a box. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I started off doing theater. Uh, okay. And so we did we did three stage plays, and then due to the pandemic, we had to find a way to still be creative and do things. And so we decided just to do a web series. Okay. And we're here now. Okay. <laughs> so the web series, we'll talk about that because that's actually how I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Queen Momo, who was also a guest on the show a while back. I think episode 12 or something. She's great. I know her yeah, from Comedy amazing. Zone. So I remember it was like one Sunday and uh, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and she reached out and she said, hey, what are you doing? Because they're shooting this uh, web series and uh, they need extras. And I was like, dude, I'm doing it. I was so <laughs> excited. And uh, it was really cool to be on set of the series. Absolutely. And, and you be- came, you, you, you were there like two or three days, right? I was. I, I was hooked. Because there was, uh, yeah, there was a couple of scenes, and we'll we'll talk about the series in a second, I'm, I'm sure. But there were a couple of scenes like in the bar where mm-hmm, you just needed mm-hmm. somebody to walk by the camera, and I had to do that, and I was super <laughs> nervous. I was going to screw it up somehow. Uh, and then I think there was the the finale, uh, yes, and yes. I don't want to say anything yes, about it, yes. but it it was. Uh, it's intense. It's intense <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, dude, that was awesome. I was so grateful for you guys to you know. I can't wait for you to see how everything is put together from what you saw into what it actually will be when the viewers see it. So yeah. it's going to be amazing. Are you happy with it? Oh, fan- yeah. Listen, it is absolutely incredible. Okay. Like, incredible, incredible. So, okay. So it's called Complicated the Series. Mm-hmm. It's a web series. So tell us about that project, like wh- like where it started. Uh, well, actually, a friend of mine had just, she called me one day, uh, Rashonda Griggs. Uh, she had called me and she was like, man, why why haven't you guys done a web series? Like, I watched so many web series on YouTube and they're trash and your storylines are so good. Like, you guys should consider doing a web series. And I'm like, mm, never thought of it. So we had an idea for another stage play that we were actually going to do. The title of it was going to be The Lies That Bind Us. And so what we did was we just actually went and looked at some of those characters and say, you know what, let's just put something together and see what happens. And so we were looking for names, stuff like the lies that bind. It's not re- very catching. Or How does it go, the lies that bind? The, yeah, the uh, lies that bind lies us. Lies that yeah. bind us, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it's not really catchy, and people are not going to go searching the lies that bind us. And so I say, you know, it's getting really complicated. So she shot us like, uh, like 10 different names, and I'm like, I don't like this, don't like this, don't like this. And I think complicated was maybe like the second to last on the list. I'm like, complicated. Cool. So I looked at the word complicated and seen what it meant. And then if you notice how we spell complicated, it's like C-O-M, the little dot. Uh-huh. Yeah, P, all from there. And I said, you know, I want to make, make this very, very complicated. Complicated to read, complicated <laughs> to comprehend, and just make it like really, really, really complicated. And this story is very complicated. It's messy. <laughs> yeah, at its best. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. So, how how long in the make in the works was this? Like, when did you start? Uh... So we what you came to was actually a complete reshoot of the series. We had already shot the entire series back in August of 2020. Okay. And so uh, we ran into a couple of issues with that footage. And so back in I think it was March, we said you know we need to go back because we don't we don't we don't want to just put anything out there we want to put the absolute best out there so 
So we're going to go back. We're going to recast a couple of roles, uh, enhance the story a little bit, and we're going to go back and reshoot it. So what we did was got together in uh, April and May and reshot the entire project. Okay. So, yeah. So April and May up until when did you uh, wrap, I guess? We wrapped end of May. End of May. Mm-hmm. Okay. So two months. Of- two months of filming. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. See, okay, I love movie sets. I was a kid in a candy store just being there, but I know very little about what goes into getting something like this off the ground. So, I mean, obviously, like, you know, big budget movies or TV Mm -hmm. shows, like, there's a lot that goes into it. But for a web series that you guys are doing, I mean, did you have to self-fund a lot of this? We self-funded everything. You self-funded everything. Everything. Like, everything so how did you go about doing that was it was it all you or did you have cast members or different people no it was actually me and my business partner Kerrick greer uh who's the writer of this project uh we just pulled from our available resources and just said hey we're gonna make it just gonna do it Uh, Mm -hmm. um hopefully we'll definitely see a return on our shoot hopefully we'll see a return on our investment sure uh with a distribution deal hopefully netflix will come knocking on our door and say hey let's pick it up okay uh so we're hoping that you know we find a uh major streaming platform home for this project okay excellent Mm -hmm. so all of the promotion of this word of mouth things like that kind of help uh get the word out absolutely and uh that's great so um so yeah, and if it does get off the ground, is there uh, more in the works? Like this is season one. Oh, uh, definitely. Do you have more story that you would yeah, build? Yeah, we if definitely this, are going to do a uh, season two. We're actually in the writing process of that now. Uh, we can't wait to release the project to see what our audience, what, what type of audience we gather, and what they feel and what they want to see from here. And so we're going to take what we have now and then. Uh, mix it together with what our audience wants sure. to feel and see who they who which characters they enjoy which characters they connect with and and see what we go from there yeah absolutely i mean that's a challenge too because we, we talk about stand-up comedy on this podcast mm-hmm. a lot and the luxury of doing stand-up is you get feedback instantly with a real audience that's like what it is mm-hmm. but with film you have to have a vision and you have to execute i'm sure like with the team absolutely and you have to see like you don't know how audiences are going to perceive it, but there's tons of work that go on the front end. So absolutely, because like what we may uh, adapt to and think is funny, or I think we like this character. We've been proven time and time again. Our audience like very rarely goes against the grain, and they develop their own interpretation of these characters and their sure. own interest in these characters. Because like these people find themselves in different characters, and so it's basically just finding which character resonates with these people the most okay mm-hmm. i gotcha um yeah character driven shows to me are the ones that that last um because you identify with the different people and they're so distinct like you feel like you know them like one of my favorite shows is the office okay and everybody likes the office i was pretty excited that uh it had a resurgence because the office really came out a long time ago mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh uh, it, it was put on Netflix and then now a whole other generation watches those and it's not on there anymore. But I, I think I always thought one of the biggest reasons the office was a success was because the characters were so strong. Yep. Absolutely. That like everybody knows them like, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they resonate so strongly with those characters. Um, so did you write this uh, production from scratch or were you working also with your partner? Oh yeah. My character Gree is like our head writer. He like writes everything. I just give a little insight, and once he writes it, I'll go back and proof it and say, well, no, we need to change this, we need to do this, and I'll just make, like, corrections to it. Uh, we we have, like, a team, we like a strategy team. We go through and we meet about these characters and give ideas, and then character takes them and just flows with them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So, um, so, so Carrick wrote that, and he was the one that was going to be here today, potentially. Yeah, yeah, but, potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to get him on by itself. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Well, I normally don't have to. I was like, oh, God, I don't have a second <laughs> microphone, so I don't know how I would even make that work. Um, but that's that's cool, man. So, if you had to like sum up what the show is about, and because uh, when I was on set, like, there were very there there were no dull moments it was it mm-hmm. was i mean and i only saw a fraction of where mm-hmm. i was on set but like there were there was a lot of drama a lot of shouting a lot of <laughs> like uh you know uh 
love triangle things it seemed like mm-hmm, be going on mm-hmm. so if you like sum up like what the show's about and like so yeah actually the show is is centered around three millennial women who are dealing with the complexities of uh, relationships marriages friendships all in this thriving city of greenville south carolina and that's one of the things that we wanted to highlight in this series is our city uh sure. and like so like you will see throughout the whole uh series like you will think greenville is an actual character in this show as how much we kind of delve uh delve into like the scenery location sure. history of the city so it's amazing um they deal with these women deal with like marriage issues friendship issues secrets lies deceit it is it's it's packed with drama for sure sure um yeah you definitely feel that uh as somebody who's never acted before at all mm-hmm. I, I i found myself i don't know we're not supposed to be watching the action if we're just <laughs> in the background but i found myself you know very uh engaged with like just what was going on and how these actors could just turn on their their character I instantaneously guess. and right. i was like it's not even the same person um it's like i'm i'm watching the show from the, from the sidelines um so like how do you engage with with actors on set um well actually maybe first of all how did you find and cast these actors and then how did mm-hmm. you kind of coach them through the directing so actually uh we did a, a national um casting call through actors access where we like put information out there and we didn't want to just use local talent we wanted to use professional actors who really could dive into these characters who could bring out the absolute best in these characters. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was posted it on Actors Access and had hundreds of people submit and went through audition tapes. Uh, and we just picked out the very best of the best. Okay. And um, from there, we did weekly Zoom calls where we did rehearsals, kind of got to know, get a feel of all the actors. And we all brought them here um, back in July of 2020 okay. for our first table read and kind of a mixer and our photo shoot. And it's been on after ever since then. Okay. So when you sit down to a table read, what I think of in a table read, I think of uh, they always have table reads in sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seinfeld, I'm very familiar with. I've seen videos of their table reads. What are you looking for in a table read as a director? Can you visualize in your head as they're... Absolutely. I, I sit, no, normally I sit with my eyes closed because I want to feel the emotion of you reading this script. Uh, are you tapping into what these characters want what their desires are are you being true to who these characters are even through a read uh and if you can grasp me then then you got me uh if you can't then you got to go yeah <laughs> yeah have you had to fire actors before? absolutely really absolutely do you get nervous about doing that do you feel bad about it not at all yeah it's uh it's it's i look at it for what's best for this project sure are you bringing the absolute best why settle for mediocrity when you can be excellent and great yeah and so if you you can't like I'll I'll do my level best to help get you there, but if the dots are not connecting, then it's okay. We have to cut ties. It's nothing, no harm, no love lost. It's just simple that you know you yeah. don't fit for this. So and is that common to happen? In, Absolutely. So actors expect it's like a guy on a team, athletic oh, team, yep, on yep, an NFL yep. team. Coach brings you in. Look, you know it's not personal, but yep. here's your. Pl- it's like preseason. We'll yeah. See what you made of, and. If you you'll be able to play in the regular season if you you if you have what it takes. If not, right. you got to go. Right. Um. Wow. Okay. So these actors, when I met some of them, um, and I'm I don't I don't have their names memorized, mm-hmm. but the guy who plays kind of the bad guy, Calvin. Calvin. Okay. I really liked him. Uh, yeah, Brian Mosley. Shout out to Brian Mosley. He's an amazing. That's actor. name. Brian Mosley. Brent, yeah, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I He's, liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mostly because when I met him, you know, he was super nice. But then mm-hmm. when he's in character, he plays a very kind of vindictive villain. Uh, villain. <laughs> yeah, most yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really liked him. So you found him out of Charlotte, and then there was mm-hmm. Atlanta actors as so well. So we had Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, L.A. Like two Al- actors came from L.A. to be a part of the series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you fly them in to shoot yep. everything? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay. And they delivered too, so okay. they, they were worth the uh, financial and, obligation. So okay, that's great. Who were the LA actors? Uh, Carly Sullivan and Lawrence Locke. Okay, uh, Lawrence actually played the gentleman that was at the table opposite the far uh, right of you. Okay, yeah, 
Okay. With the with the young lady that was shouting. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh and then there was one gentleman who I think is also an acting teacher in in Atlanta. Um I, I don't know if you know that about him. I thought he I I hope I don't have this wrong. <laughs> um yeah, I thought he taught at Kennesaw State as a Oh yeah, absolutely. Dean. Dean Dean, Dean. that's yes, right. Yes. I was yeah, gonna say I is. hope I didn't like Fake, is, remember yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a uh, he is a uh, acting and theater coach. Yep. Okay, yeah. When you said Kennesaw, like Kennesaw it. State, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah. I remember Dean. Yeah, Dean is amazing. Dean is an amazing actor based out of Atlanta. He's originally from Oklahoma, and uh, he was one of the ones that auditioned on Actors Access. And we uh, actually had auditioned another gentleman um, to do it, and so we were leaning towards that gentleman but when we seen dean's audition it was like no brainer like this is our chase sure <clears throat> and as somebody who's an acting coach i mean did he weigh in at all in the process of shooting and filming and everything yeah, he, yeah, yeah they all uh, gave suggestions and we like i opened the floor for them to give me what do, what do you think your character wants let me see what you do if it fits my vision cool i'm gonna go with it if not we maybe need to look at something else or let's change this here yeah yeah i hear that sometimes mm-hmm. um because if you have talented actors, they'll bring ideas to the table that mm-hmm. may be different, better. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, every, at the end of the day, it's what's best for this project. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I'm not the type of director where it's like it's my way or the highway, but it's more so like it's a it's a community and we're mm-hmm. a team. And, like, no, I can't win the, the championship by myself. It takes every player involved in making sure that we can get to where we need to go. Yeah. Um, how long have you been directing? Oh God, uh, about five years now. Movies, okay. But movies or, or, about two years. Uh, productions and theater five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the theater plays. Tell me about that. Like, how how does theater compare to when you're you're shooting for like digitally? So, theater. There's no there's no other feeling in the world like theater. Like. Preparing months and months and months for one night, one shot. You don't have any do-overs in theater. Right, it's right, like, right. it's either sink or swim, what mm-hmm. you going to do. Uh, it is so amazing just to be able to have that um, energy and from the crowd, uh, just to be able to pull on them and those reactions live. Sure. It is, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, we had another comedian on recently, Christina Yassi. She is a theater nerd. Really? Uh, she does. She Well, I shouldn't call her a nerd, but she, <laughs> but she loves theater. That's her background. And she does stand up as well. And um, when, um, you know, she talks about the differences between stand up and theater, like one thing that's the same is the energy mm-hmm. in the room. And uh, it's definitely present. Like with stand-up, you need the laughs every 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. With theater, there's not necessarily laughs all the time. But the audience, you, she said, you can definitely tell. If they're tuned out and not listening, you can feel it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, miserable. absolutely. But if, if they're engaged, um, then you can feel that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, back to like when you uh, started, like how did you get into uh, – film from music or, or directing from music well so in my in my pursuit as a musical artist i would always go against the grain and do things like outside of the box of what's traditionally normal uh like our concerts we would do would be like full-blown concerts you would see at like the bon Secure arena anything like that lights action smoke all of it so this would be for the gospel stuff mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you would this be like a church production you put on a bon secours no no no. i said it would be like a bon secours concert oh. yeah oh yeah. so you'd bring this to and what type of church was it uh we we used to do various churches we were on tour we have a record that's out we did a city release all oh kind wow of things. yeah okay gotcha yes, sir. Yes, so sir. what were you playing were you uh i was just the director you're the director mm-hmm. of the musical like, production the parts sing, singing the music all that yeah okay teaching people how to sing music yeah wow okay so you're breaking conventions left and right by, absolutely by making the production really absolutely robust and, and so when we started in the theater it was like man you got everybody would say you guys act like you guys have been doing this for 20 years like i don't settle for mediocrity i don't yeah. at all i feel like if you're gonna do anything, you should do it wholeheartedly and uh-huh. and do it with your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, film directing gave you more of that ability to do things. Yeah, yeah, film that that it challenged me to uh, 
to study more, to learn, to be always be a student, to to see areas of growth and like through directing, it's like it's a huge responsibility because you are the captain of the ship, and if you're not focused, the ship will go down. Do you like Star Wars? I don't. I I, I couldn't get into it. You couldn't get into it. Mm-mm. I won't spend too much time on this, but I uh, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a documentary on Disney Plus, if anybody okay. wants to see it, but it's about the making of the first Star Wars. So the oldest one, back when Harrison Ford and mm-hmm. everybody was in it. And the joke about uh, that at the time when they were shooting it, nobody expected Star Wars to be a big thing, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the um because every nothing was working the special effects weren't working it was awkward it was clunky like nothing was really coming together to the point where george lucas appeared frazzled on set wow to where they were like like the actors were giving him crap like you know they would mm-hmm. he was kind of be the butt of jokes and stuff and you know they had to find a way because they were really ambitious they were trying to do spaceships and practical okay. effects that had never been done before in the 70s and um when uh it finally it finally came together in the end with the cinematography the editing the um i think the score uh was really big and the special and it all came together and it, it blew up but uh, there was times when the director, George Lucas, was definitely not, you know, as kind of, it was one of his first projects. Oh, wow. So you see the phenomenon that uh, yeah, Star, Wars, yeah. Star Wars is. Uh-huh. So, yeah, obviously worked out. But, uh, yeah, if you're the quarterback and you're fumbling the football, like, that's not a good feeling. It doesn't not inspire confidence. Not at all. Um, and the, the time commitment, too. It takes so long to film uh, mm-hmm. Like that was the thing that I was surprised by. Like we were we were there all day Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Some 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 filming days were like twelve hours, sixteen hours. Like, yeah, it's all day, all night. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the nice thing is the food. Yeah. <laughs> I probably ate way more food than I should have. <laughs> but you guys had a nice spread for all the actors. Mm-hmm. That was a good deal. So, uh, do you have a favorite movie director? Um. Have to be Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. He is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, John Singleton. What has John Singleton done? Uh, he's done Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Yeah, that was like that was one of his first movies he's ever done. Okay. And that's one of the greatest movies uh, in the '90s history. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? I'll have to check that out. I like Tarantino. Um, you know, I uh, I felt like um. You know, the obvious pick of Tarantino movies is uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. And uh, I did really like that movie. Mm-hmm. Although the first Tarantino movie I saw that I really enjoyed was Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah. It, yeah. To me, it felt like a play almost. Yeah. yeah. You Definitely. know? Um, modest set pieces and just... <laughs> and uh, I really liked uh, the detail of that movie when... Uh, they have the K Billy super sounds of the seventies, the okay. radio voice that was played by a comedian, uh, back in LA. So, uh, yeah, we, um, yeah, I love, I loved, uh, I love Tarantino. And I mean, it feels like he only comes out with a movie once every few years, but yeah. anytime he does, like it's, you got it's, it's impactful. It's, it's, you know, it's a, a Tarantino movie too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hands yeah. Down. The violence, <laughs> the, the blood, the gore. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's him. Um, is there any violence in it's complicated? I saw, I mean, there's, I know there was a little bit in the scene a, that a we, little, yeah, yeah, a little bit, not too much, but a little bit. Yeah. yeah there's nobody's yeah. heads getting chopped off or anything. No, 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 nothing, nothing <laughs> like that. No, 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 none of the gory stuff. None of the gory stuff. All right. That's good. If it, so if it, if it was given a rating like of G to R, would this be kind of a PG 13 ish? It would be more MA. More M.A.? Yeah, it's, it's very mature audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of sex in it. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't see any sex oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's check that out. Okay. Uh, any other favorite directors besides those two? Um, I like Steven Spielberg, even though his stuff is more... His stuff is classic, though. Yeah, like anything he does, he puts his stamps on. It's it's instant classic. Uh, Tyler Perry, I like what he has done for our culture, and I love his story. Him as a director, not so much. Uh, His uh, his television shows, they're a little flat to me. Have you ever seen any of them? 
Um, I I've seen uh remind me of the shows. I've seen movies. Oh, uh, he has uh, Bruh, Sisters, The Have and Have Nots, um, Meet the Browns. I mean, they're comedies. Yeah, they're comedies. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has a couple of dramas too, but. They kind of fall short a little bit for me. Okay. You said you liked his story. I don't know a lot about his background. As a- yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he was actually homeless. Um, oh, wow. Out okay. of his car and, you know, he spent all of his money moving from Louisiana to Atlanta trying to put on a show. He came to Spartanburg to the Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium. And there were only 30 people in the audience at that time. And to see where he, he went from absolutely nothing to where he, like, was he performing as a comedian Mm-mm. in Spartanburg? Stage what was, plays. Stage plays. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like he he would definitely go down in history as one of the the greatest of all time. Like yeah. he has done something. He's on multiple networks. He has movies, plays. Yeah. He has the biggest sounds uh, movie studio, sound stages. Even if you was to put Disney and Warner Brothers together, his studio is is like two times bigger wow. than both of them. So, and that's in Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. at the Fort uh, Pearson Army Base. Okay, yeah. wow, so that's amazing. Like to go from absolutely nothing. Yeah, to, and now his net worth is astronomical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, that is really cool. And I'm trying to remember if he did stand up at any point. I don't think so. You don't think he did stand up? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember, but I know a lot of his stuff is funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is uh, what is your favorite movie of all time? That's a tough crazy. question asking a movie director of that question. Of all times, it's a movie entitled The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? I have not. I'll, I'll write it down. I need you, to. you should watch it. It is... It is it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I can sit and watch that all the time. Set It Off is another one of my favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't one. seen that one either. What, what about the first one, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? What's that one about? It's about um, a family, um, a lady. She was pregnant, um, and her OBGYN sexually assaulted her. Okay. And so he was married to a woman who could not have, who, who, who couldn't conceive children. And he, once the scandal broke about him molesting the lady, he committed suicide. So his wife went and became the nanny for the family of the woman who accused her husband. And so she tried to steal her baby, seduce her husband, and actually kill her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dude, you have a you you prefer the dramatic <laughs> yeah, Oh absolutely. Is that your favorite genre yeah, of yeah, movie? Absolutely. I love horror scream. It's probably one of my favorite horror, horror movies. Yes. Between drama and horror, that those are my lanes. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. dude, horror movies, <laughs> you know, I, they freak me out, obviously. I mean, they're supposed to, but like girls, uh, like if I go on dates with a girl, like a lot of girls love horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, Yeah, but they, they love to get scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you really want to watch this? It's a horrible <laughs> idea. Uh, but uh, but yeah, in dramatic movies, what are some other ones that you, um, that you like? I don't know. Oh, you put me on the spot now. Um, dramatic movies. Uh, have you ever seen Life? It's a comedy. Okay. With Martin not. Lawrence and um, Eddie I love Murphy. Martin Lawrence. I love Martin Lawrence. Harlem Nights. Um, anything that um, Eddie Murphy is, and I think he is probably the funniest guy. Dude, yes. He is hilarious to me. Um, I, I like Titanic. You do? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Titanic is amazing. It is. It is. Um, I was obsessed with Titanic. And James Cameron is another good director. Although mm-hmm. James Cameron is kind of uh, similar to Spielberg, maybe a yeah, little yeah. bit. Oh, absolutely. He's broad audience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, basically anything he touches is a classic. Yeah, absolutely. But Titanic, dude, I remember that coming out in 1998. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, because I'm older than you. Gosh. <laughs> I uh, what am I doing with my life? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I remember when I was a kid and that came out. I became obsessed with that story. It was so interesting to me mm-hmm. that it was true. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the historical part of the ship sinking was true, and then they added yeah. in the drama of Jack oh, yeah, and most Rose. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that was that was fantastic. Um, and uh, you were gonna name another one. I thought. Um. I, I, my, my my mind draws a blank all the time. No, it's cool. 
I love uh, all of the um, Has Fallen series movies, like Olympic Has Fallen, okay. Angel Has Fallen. Yeah, they, they have Gerard them. Butler in those. Yeah. Um, those are really fun. Mm-hmm. Those are. Really what are you, what's your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. So I, I love to collect DVDs. So I got those over there. Um, you have a whole um, blockbuster over there. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of them are comedies, but, um, you know, I think when it comes to, like, drama or um, – I think you'd consider this a drama, but have you seen Whiplash? Mm-mm, I haven't. Okay, that's uh, that's a fantastic movie. Um, Drive. I have seen Drive. Yeah, with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, uh, really a beautiful movie. Like it, that's one where like every scene is like a work of art to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's weird. Ryan Gosling has barely any dialogue. He says like only mm-hmm. short things um only short uh dialogue and but it still accomplishes everything they're trying to do um and then i don't know the favorite series i have of all time is easily breaking bad okay i've never seen that you've never seen breaking bad mm-hmm. okay i won't belabor that then but i heard it's really good though yeah it is uh for that and maybe you find this with your series too but um, with a movie, you basically have like an hour and a half to two hours mm-hmm. to get everything you want done. But uh, with the series, I mean, they went for six years on Breaking Bad, and they developed the character of Walter White. Yeah. And they took him from high school chemistry teacher who doesn't really uh, have any balls at all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a, a weak guy. He gets a cancer diagnosis, and then he becomes, like, he, he has to figure out how to provide for his family, wow. and he decides to become a, a meth drug kingpin and he becomes a ruthless murderous drug dealing uh meth kingpin from this modest beginning i don't think there'd be any way to successfully make that transition unless you had the benefit of all those episodes across all those seasons um so yeah, I'm hoping I'm not boring. I'm like, oh no no no, 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 no. I'm so <laughs> you, tired. No no no, you got a lot. Well, what do you got going on now for like the the promotion of the movie or the promotion so of the show and everything? We're actually uh, we're doing a red carpet uh, VIP private screening on October 16th. Which everybody who's listening, you guys should come. Okay. If you can't come, the season series premieres October 26th. It'll be available on YouTube and Tubi. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is, what is that second one you named? Tubi. Yeah, it's like a it's like a um, streaming platform. We're trying to get on Amazon Prime now. We have to produce numbers with this first three weeks of um, the premiere on YouTube to show them that we can produce numbers so that they can pick our project up. Okay, so yeah. Amazon Prime will be the next step after mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, provided the opening goes well. Yep. Okay. So yes, yes, please follow us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, head over to youtube.com forward slash. Showtime Productions TV, subscribe, like, comment, everything. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting, like decades ago, um, I mean, I guess not even that long ago, to get something like this done, you would have to go through a traditional mm-hmm. studio path, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but like more and more people are doing self funded projects, getting them off the ground on their own. So mm-hmm. it's really cool that you guys are doing this. Yeah, like if you want it done, do it yourself. Like never wait on anybody to hand you anything or give you anything. I think you appreciate these opportunities so much more once you know that you've had to work hard to get them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's the most important part to have in tech? Because you're building a team around you. Mm-hmm. But like from the day you're like, we want to do this. Like is, is it you and... and uh, Carrick, yeah. Carrick, it's just, it's just that passion and ambition in our drive. To want to see ourselves better than we were five years ago, um, we want to get, break all the stereotypes, break all the like. Um, society says we can't do this because we don't have the funding. Society says we don't, we can't do this because we don't have a studio backing. We want to do prove to ourselves that we can do anything that we want to do, anything we think of as possible. We just have to get out here and do it. Have the determination, the faith, mm-hmm. the motivation, the the drive, and just do it. So. When uh, when you guys sat down to do this, what was the first thing you did beyond just writing it? Did you have to take this to anyone, or did you just start hiring people? Like, mm-hmm. how does that actually work? So we just actually just you, you know we wrote it, 
we got the cast and I hit up a crew like, hey, you guys want to work on this project for us? They're like, send us the script. Let's take a look at it. And they read it. They were blown away. Absolutely. And so it's just been an amazing process. And it's given the opportunity to, to those around here who maybe not have the luxury of working for a studio to say, hey, I have this talent. Let me bring it to your set. And this gives me exposure. This gives me training. This gives me an opportunity. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um now, who was the guy um, that was in charge of like cinema? Is there a cinematography guy on set? So it's a, it's a uh, what's his, director what's his, of photography. Director of photography. Uh, that's the guy that kind of maps out all the shots for us. Like, like you know, we need to shoot it this way. We need to have this person here. That's Eric Olson. He is yes. an amazing, amazing, amazing director of photography. I would not do a project without Eric. Okay. Eric is absolutely incredible. You worked with them before? Mm-hmm. He did our um, our little short film that we did last year. Well, the year before last, Collateral Damage, the Ambassador Ball. And so I called him up with like, Eric, I got another project for you. Do you want to come? Absolutely. Okay. And see, Eric has years of experience. He used to work for uh, the News Channel 13 up in Asheville. Okay. And so like his years of experience as a director, as a producer... He brought that on set, and I've gleaned, and I've learned so, so much. Eric's been an actor before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eric, he's amazing. Everything Eric touches touch, turns to gold, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good, good deal. Um, what kind of camera did you use for this production? Uh, we shot with the Blackmagic 6K cameras. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that compare? Because the one camera I know, like, uh, there's the red camera. Mm-hmm. And I know that one is a fortune. Yeah, it is a fortune. Do, yeah. do you guys own the camera that y'all use, or did yeah, you we rent? do. We we own all of our equipment that we use. Uh, like so, a Black Magic compared to a um, Red would be some something like a uh, Toyota Corolla compared to a Camry. Okay, mm-hmm. so pretty comparable. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's like a lot of less money, and you know, it's just not that Red brand. It's just Black Magic. So okay. It is pretty incredible the difference the camera makes, mm-hmm. and it's, is it the lenses too that yeah, impact it's the lenses, the, it's the body. And see, like the Black Magic, those are cinema cameras, just not like a regular digital camera. That's uh, how you get that that nice uh, commercial look. It's it, with those uh, cinema cameras. Okay, how much is a Black Magic camera? Um, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, we, I think we paid about thirty five hundred dollars for it. Okay, they, they range anywhere from thirty five to seven thousand to fifteen thousand, twenty thousand. I mean, whatever your budget. Allows oh wow! You to. Okay, so there's like the pocket, uh, black magic pocket cinema cameras, the Ursa Minis, they're the um, some other high end ones as well. Okay. And uh, some of these questions are self-serving because we want to start producing okay. comedy okay. sketches and do them in a way like I I love video editing and uh, really oh yeah I'm a big fan I use Adobe Premiere to really? edit the podcast yeah do you have you what program do you all use to edit? oh we use DaVinci Resolve okay yeah and that that comes with the Black Magic program and that's what all the Hollywood standards do use to color grade their films is through DaVinci Resolve what's it called DaVinci Resolve DaVinci Resolve mm-hmm. And they use it to color grade, you said? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It's so like, instead of, if you look at like raw cinema files, everything looks brown, like looks super like flat and washed out. Go in there, you go in there and add the colors and add stuff, make it pop and give okay. it that real cinematic look. So it looks rich and like mm-hmm. it belongs on the big screen. Yep. Okay. That's really cool, man. <laughs> the one thing that I want to figure out how to do because. Um, I've learned some doing the podcast with mm-hmm. audio and mics and stuff, and then we have the lighting. Mm-hmm. How does how is this lighting job, by the way? Great job. It's a good job. Yeah. You can't see this, but I have box lights and lights in here to try mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> this is like uh, yeah a kit I got off Amazon for hey, with a green doing screen. An amazing job, buddy. Good. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. But uh, the uh, the audio, so. Um, when you uh, capture audio and you have actors, mm-hmm. like you, you have that boom mic over the top. Mm-hmm. Is that what's capturing all of the audio for the scene? It is. And how how does that work? Um, so we use like a, a Zoom recorder that has like four different channels, and and so we put the mic up and put it over the actor that's talking, and you get that rich, like dominant sound coming through that. It's amazing. But it's weird to me. So it's one mic up high mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're all holding mics up close. So that mic with the with the different channels is that, and that's what it can pick up yep. and, and isolate mm-hmm. the voices of the yep. ones that. And so that's why you notice we do it multiple times. We do it like this person 
mics on this person, reactions on that person, and it is like vice versa. Okay. Okay, so you do the whole scene multiple times, so it gets mm-hmm. the it gets get, the different get everything we need. Have you ever shot it shot with uh, like mics where there's like a a, a battery a, pack? A battery pack. We have. I think that's our next investment to get is some battery packs. Okay, is that a good way to shoot audio? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that, that, that is, yeah, yeah. That's, that saves a lot of time and money. Mm-hmm. Doing that with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, good deal, man. I don't know. I, I want to figure out how to do all this and put it together. I, so far, I've only shot on iPhone. The, the newest iPhones actually have pretty darn good. They have amazing cameras. I just shot something downtown on it last week. Yeah. Yeah. What were you shooting downtown? Uh, I was doing reels for the for the series, like you know, like the Instagram reels and stuff like that. Okay. It looks stellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Promoting on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good deal. Um, I'm trying to think of any more questions I have. I I uh. Have you ever cast any comedians before? Yeah, we yeah we actually have. Um, David Owens has been has been in some stuff that we've done. Uh, a girl named uh, Anna Vernon Robinson has been in some. She's an actor. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're open to anybody. Let's, yeah. Let's get you on there so you can be our little heartthrob. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! If you'd have me back for a season two, I would absolutely love absolutely. to do it. Oh, you definitely have to be there. You were at the table, so <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I'm looking forward to seeing how it all turned out. Um I uh I, I ask um comics what their biggest dumpster fire story is. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna ask you the same question. Biggest dumpster fire story. Um like where maybe it's on set where just like everything went wrong and you had to fix something or like Case in point, the series. So we actually shot like I said, we shot the whole entire series. And um, we waited months. The, the guy that was editing the film, he refused to give us our footage back. Uh-huh. And so, like you know, we had actors who had invested their time, their resources into this to this shoot. Um, like it was so bad, we didn't know which direction we were gonna go because he wouldn't, wouldn't give us our footage back. The footage that we did have, it was a defect on it. And having to overcome all of that and then having to go back to your cast and say, hey, guys, can you guys reshoot? Uh, it causes you to think that you're going to lose faith. They're going to lose faith in you and your product. And people don't have time to waste their time. And so we we struggled with what we we're going to do with that for the longest. But it ended up being one of the greatest blessings that we could have ever imagined having. Mm-hmm. Because the final product, you're way happier with oh, this yeah, version absolutely. than yeah, what you had. Everything looks totally different. Uh, the, it's just like we stepped into like the perfect moment doing this reshoot, and yeah. then we got a chance to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the thing, uh, yeah, I mean, we find that with stand up, like you know, when you watch a stand up comedian's act that comes out on mm-hmm. Netflix or something, like their hour, um, that is the result of so many takes, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because every rep in front of an audience, like. The first version of a joke is always usually crappy. <laughs> it's like you need the time to work it out in front of an audience and to, mm-hmm. you know, refine it. And there's there's so many hundreds of times the joke has been performed in a yeah. variety of ways to, to get it to that perfect refined state. So it is cool you guys had that same kind of process. Yeah, nothing, I, I, what I know is nothing comes easy. If it does come easy, it's going to be very short-lived. So I tell anybody that you have to work, work, work. Use your rejections, use your stumbling blocks, use anything that you come against as the fuel to continue to keep going. It's only going to make you better. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So is this the the proudest you've ever been of a project that you've done? Is this absolutely, like the, absolutely, your favorite one? Absolutely, because we, we really, when I say literally put our blood, sweat, tears into this project, we did just that. Yeah. And like I said, we, we experienced mer- more um hurdles with this project than we have with any other thing and so well, i know that the outcome of it's going to be that much greater yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so what's what's next for you you got complicated the series coming out mm-hmm. next month um or this will air before that um what's uh, what projects do you have your eye on in the future um we're looking at doing another uh television series um we're just trying to expand our uh, borders and territories and just try to uh, do something very well rounded. I think we're gonna tap into like the LGBTQ market, okay, um, and do a series based around that. And you know, you know, just try to just keep our eyes open. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Good deal. And if anybody wants to see things like beyond the series that's coming out, other things you've done. I know you mentioned one video earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, our uh, YouTube channel has all of our products on there. Uh, so it's youtube.com forward slash Showtime Productions TV. Or you can go to our website, ShowtimeProductionsGVO.com. Or you can go to ComplicatedTheSeries.com. Okay. And see all the behind the scene footage, everything there. Okay, good deal. Um, yeah, be sure to follow Johnny on Instagram. What yeah, is your Instagram? Instagram is Mr. J Sizemore. Mr. J. Uh, yep. Or you can follow us at Complicated Underscore the Series on uh, Instagram as well. Okay, good deal. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be sharing it. I'm gonna go to the the premiere. I, yeah, I, I, as long as long as yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything that day. Yes, come on, bring everybody that you know with you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Anything else you want to say about the series before we... Um, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. Check it out. See who your favorite characters are. And just know once you see this project, you will see like the results of extreme dedication, hard work. And this should be an example that anything you want to have in life, all you have to do is go after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would that be actually... Yeah, I normally ask like what uh, the best piece of advice you've ever received. You said a couple, like nothing comes without hard work mm-hmm. and, you know, go after mm-hmm. your dream. Just go after it. And you definitely, you have to believe in yourself. Like, I don't care if you, you think your jokes are the worst jokes possible, but if you believe in yourself and you get up with confidence and deliver, I promise you it it will reach people that you would not think it would. Yeah. Do you have self-doubt as a director? Oh, you wrestle Absol- with that? I yeah, absolutely. But then I realize what I do is not for me, it's for so many other people and providing platforms and opportunities to people who would not normally have these opportunities is the greatest re- reward and it's the greatest joy to know when somebody comes back and say, you know what, I would have never had this opportunity had you not provided this for me, had you not done this, had you not wrote this the script, had you not produced this project. So those are the joys like where I think, man, this is going to suck. People are not going to get with it, but didn't to have people resonate with our projects and just really invest their time and their money into our in our stuff we have to go, going on. Those are the greatest joys that I have. That's great, man. That's really cool. Um, the uh the moments in stand-up when i have self-doubt and i've talked to other comics they feel similarly it's usually when i'm too focused on myself mm-hmm. and you forget like you said it's all about the audience it's, it's not about you mm-hmm. i mean it kind of is because you're holding the mic and you're but you're and you're the one holding the camera and directing but um it's uh like when you produce something that people can enjoy yeah it's it's hopefully about their enjoyment and it's something that you feel called to do I mean, that's how i've always felt absolutely and that's why i was never happy before i tried doing any of this creative stuff you know or not as hat like um so yeah it's not about it's not about you which is a that's a good reminder um and just going for it too i like Mm -hmm. that advice because there's a lot of people i talk to that uh think about doing stuff Mm -hmm. but they kind of don't kind of put it off just life happens Mm -hmm. and before you know it you know years go off the calendar and they still haven't done anything exactly mm-hmm. exactly i tell anybody uh the best thing you can do is just do um you can wait around and oh i wish i could do this or maybe one day i can do this no today you can do this right and just go out and just do it like mm-hmm. it doesn't i don't care if you don't have the resources don't care if you don't have the knowledge the experience you'll never get those things just waiting around for them to come to you yeah and nowadays, there's no real excuse, really, because you could find all the information you need on on YouTube to learn YouTube anything. YouTube University is the greatest yeah. teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everything's democratized now in terms of like how you can shoot things, how you can um, just put something together. Mm-hmm. And your first version of anything may not be good, but... Uh, it's better than the person that's not doing anything at all. It is, and it's going to be better your next time. Mm-hmm. So the more reps you can get at, at, at attempting something... Um, Actually, I have one more question. I'm sorry. Okay. I, uh, if you had advice for somebody who's young and wanting to get into filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, whether or not they had formal training or not, like maybe let's say they don't. Let's say they didn't. They studied something else in mm-hmm. school, but they're interested in getting into filmmaking. What would you recommend they do? Like practical steps. I would tell them to go pick up their nearest iPhone, Android, and go just shoot. Okay. Just go shoot anything, anything you can imagine. That's how you get your practice. See what works. What can I? What kind of t- story can I tell with this? If, if I'm sitting here looking at these books, I can get my phone out 
and I can do multiple shots of these books. I can do a commercial for uh, Jerry Seinfeld about his book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. Podcasting. Mm-hmm. Take every opportunity you can and just do it. Right, right. And don't worry about whatever Everything else will come. Or... come. Everything else comes over time. Nothing happens overnight. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for instant gratification or something to blow blow up overnight, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to work, 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 and work at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no such thing as an overnight sensation. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. You may somebody may evolve today, but you never know. You don't know the five or ten years they spent getting rejected over and over and over. To develop that tough skin, so when they do have these opportunities, they can stand with authority. They can stand in confidence, knowing sure. that they, that they work their behinds off. Getting when they need Did you to face a lot of rejection and absolutely, film? yeah, in life period, absolutely all the it, time. You receive more no's than yeses in anything. Yeah. Um, and then one thing I noticed is that that the people that you think should support you or should be there for you are the very ones that will not be. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like who? Family, like family, friends. Uh, go ahead. What kind of reaction do you get sometimes? Is it like uh, I don't know what Johnny's doing? Like he's yeah. They don't take you serious, but once that it's just like this. They'll overlook you to support somebody else doing the very same thing that you're doing. And in the moment that you finally do blow up, then it's like, oh, that's my friend. Oh, that's my cousin. Da 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 da. Where were you there when I needed you to sh- just to share a post, just to like a picture, uh-huh. just a comment? You know what I'm saying? It's the little things that count. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts about this. <laughs> well, because I stand up, it's it's so awkward. Like the first thing that you need to like that you, you run into or I run into is what? How are my family and friends going mm-hmm. to take that I started doing this crazy thing and some don't say anything mm-hmm. and i kind of don't it doesn't bother me that they don't say anything but part of me wonders well um is that judgment is that them worried about their own reputation by even being associated with mm-hmm. me is but i tell you the moment you blow up and you're on saturday night live <laughs> and it's gonna be like oh that's my nephew you yeah know? i don't expect that necessarily you get less calls from people you mm-hmm. you know but then there are those people that are really great that say, "I thought that was cool that you're trying that you're," and uh, you thrive off that because like you feel out there, man. You feel vulnerable. You feel mm-hmm. like weird. Like so, you know that encouragement. It's so funny you mentioned that because I, I I sense that. Well, the other awkward part about stand up is uh, judgment from like it not being appropriate or something Mm -hmm. like is this too offensive or is Mm -hmm. this i mean you so you um have you know religious background Mm -hmm. you know church music and things like that and you just said complicated has a lot of sex in it do you feel any of that pressure like the judgment i don't care you don't care i don't well yeah i don't care because it's like this um that what i this is entertainment people want to be entertained and yes sex sells people love sex like sex they love it they want to see it. i mean it's on television shows commercials everything and sex is a real thing yeah it is it it's happens a great thing it's not like it something to be ashamed of yeah and so you know just finding that niche and, and, and i market it's not those people who may see me at church mm-hmm. my market is those who will never step foot inside of a church, mm-hmm. but they want to be entertained. So mm-hmm. that's that's my lane. And if people don't like it or can't vibe with it, that's their problem, not mine. <laughs> I don't. I care. love that attitude. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't. And see, that's, that's one of the things, biggest things that I had to get over. Was like, oh, what what's somebody's opinion about me? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? I don't care because the main ones that that have an opinion or have something to say are the main ones that won't pick up their telephone to call and say congratulations thank you for what you're doing they won't tune in to watch the show they'll hear about it from other people they won't offer to say hey here you go here's five hundred dollars i know you're out here working hard here's five hundred dollars to get your project done Mm -hmm. so it's those strangers that i meet who say you know what i see how hard you're working 
I see that you are serious about your craft. I see that you are dedicated to this craft. Here, I want to support you. How can I support you? How can I come to your events? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that it ends up being strangers mm-hmm. because I feel similarly with comedy. It's almost like a different world. And mm-hmm. the people that are closest to me outside of it before I started it, a lot of them don't have any idea about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are supportive from a distance. A lot of my people, friends live out of state and things Got like that. Got you. But I, the friendships I've built through comedy just in one year are like really special already because it's like it's kind of this inside understanding of how much work it takes yeah uh the mics you show up to where there's barely any people there and, and you still have to give it your all yeah Literally, it's one person to 200 people you know yeah you have to so yeah i'm glad we talked about that man and you have similar feelings because that uh i really relate to that um yeah those are some gems <laughs> but anyway we're, we're almost at an hour um uh so one more time complicated the series yes um the instagram handle is uh complicated underscore the series underscore the series mm-hmm. okay and this will um when this episode airs it'll probably be about a week or so before it goes live okay uh, before the show goes live um so everything will be linked so uh yeah if you guys are watching this or listening be sure to click uh in the the description and it'll have links to everything johnny uh the show and all that stuff awesome yes make sure you guys tune in make sure you like subscribe comment i want to know your feedback good bad or indifferent yep absolutely and you can uh on on the youtube version we you can absolutely leave all the, Mm -hmm. the comments and everything and uh yeah man i'm excited Hope Me too. Takes off. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. We'll be talking soon. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time.